Are you seeking to broaden your horizons, to stay relevant and become future fit? Do you want to fuel your creativity and inspire innovation? Or are you simply looking to put the kapow back into your business? Then look no further. Join Carmen Murray, entrepreneur, innovator, and tech fundi with her big personality and presentation style as she interviews celebrities, alchemists, newsmakers, and business experts to discover the stories behind their success. The Carmen Murray Show will open your mind and help you turn knowledge into magic. Let knowledge be your superpower. And now, from Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Carmen Murray. Hey, 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 Future Fit Tribe, welcome to yet another fantastic episode with one of my most favorite humans, my fairy godmother, Faith Popcorn. <laughs> now, she is the Nostradamus of marketing. She has predicted so many things that has come to fruition, and she has an accuracy rate of 95% or 97%, and the 3% didn't happen yet. So very good. I know the pitch, <laughs> the pitch and excellent. and one of um for for many of you, if you don't follow Faith, please go to her website and go and check it out. But she runs a trend bank, and there's seventeen different trend banks, and she monitors everything that's happening with her team in order to enable brands and us as the people for what's coming. And this is why we are going to unpack a topic today, which is the metaverse. So, Faith, without further ado, I'm going to open up with a question because a lot of people are confused. Some people don't even want to go there. What is the metaverse? The metaverse is an alternate reality. That's simple. So you're living IRL in real life, and the metaverse is that reality that can be actually a lot more fun than your just dismal real life <laughs> running along just talking about you Carmen no running <laughs> alongside of life and everything is on it so I think that um you know the reason that the metaverse and why uh, Mr. Mark Zuckerberg renamed his company Meta actually a, I know he's got a lot of criticism but it's a brilliant move is because our society, our civilization, is preparing for a time when we will not so easily be able to live in real life. You know, um, as you see, you know, fires and floods, it's almost biblical. You know, revolts, revolutions, and uh, incredible migrations and that we will be more and more living in this metaverse. So actually, the real estate is pretty cheap now uh, for the metaverse. And, uh, you know, it might be time to get in there and, and, and buy something. You know, seeing that, why are we getting so involved in the metaverse right now? I remember talking to clients about the metaverse three to five years ago. And have people going like, what? Spell that. What is that? You know, and um, I realize that uh, there's a little bit of resistance now, but we're really preparing for kind of a a sad time, which was covered in the book Ready Player One, 
where people lived on the metaverse. Do you, I think they made a movie out of it that wasn't as good as the book, but it was a post-war, um, end-of-planet kind of space, the apocalypse, and everybody was living in this alternate reality, which was actually a game. And, hey, guess what? That's what we're gearing up for. Mm. Something very interesting, which I found fascinating, is you mentioned that it was a brilliant move on Facebook's behalf. A lot of people think that it was a PR stunt. They've really been in the naughty corner quite a few times. Um, we've had the spread of all the misinformations, the accounts that's been hacked, the cloning of accounts. There's the um, recent court case in Illinois where they had to pay a fine of $500 million to remove the facial recognition within the app. So they said by December that they're going to do this, but they haven't declared w whether they're removing the actual technology. And people are wondering oh, where they're going. Yeah. Well, yes, he's been naughty. He's been irresponsible. He's got the mentality of many billionaires of, you know, how to create wealth. That's their game. They don't need the wealth. They just like to create the wealth, you know? Mm. And he's been called to task for it. It is not a PR stunt. It is actually what we do in our, you know, consulting company. It's called repositioning. Repositioning means changing the idea of a product or service in the consumer's mind. So that's what he's doing. He says endlessly, and everybody should look at his uh, intro, you know, he did actually a very long but very good job about this intro, and uh, I suffered through it twice. I just want to say a P.S. Do you realize that Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know what he's done to his face, but looks exactly like an avatar of himself? I know. He doesn't even need an avatar. <laughs> he is an avatar. So oh, anyway... <laughs> yeah, I noticed just on the haircuts. I noticed the haircuts. Everything, <laughs> but what about the expressionless, Botoxian face? Can't move a muscle. And this guy must have taken a lot of voice and diction and everything. He's done. He's done a really good job, actually, on himself. But I was looking at him and go like, he does not look human, and I don't think he thinks he's human. And maybe that was his avatar. I was thinking, am I looking at him? Or am I looking at his avatar? Or, and these are the questions people will, people will be asking, or is an avatar actually you? Or is it more you even than you? Wow. That's quite something yeah. to think about. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Faith, one of the other things that I really wanted to understand from you is if we look at the possibilities of the metaverse, we all know we're going to go into a world where it's going to be hybrid. Um, our working environments are going to change. What is your views in terms of how the metaverse can be used and can actually unite us as a world? Well, you know, what Mark said, and I think it's true, is that Facebook was about connecting people mm. and the metaverse is about connecting people you know in and meta will be about connecting people so it will allow you eventually not quite yet it's called he calls it presence to 
believe, think, and almost actually be in the presence of somebody who's not in your physical space. So that you could be talking to somebody in Beijing or Hong Kong or Hawaii or Cape Town and you're in Johannesburg and they are really present through brilliant, way beyond where we are now, holographic technology. And soon we'll be able to smell and taste things without that Oculus. And as you mentioned before, brilliantly as usual, Carmen, (laughs) uh, is the lens. And I think that people are working on this lens. All kinds of companies here are working on this lens to actually get rid of that Oculus, be able to look at something and see its history, Mm. be able to look at something and see its future, Mm. where it's going, like a book or a, a person, or, you know, be able to download somebody that you're looking at medical history or if they're dangerous or if they're carrying um, what what will be the next whatever is after COVID that we'll be blessed with. So uh, it, it, <laughs> Putting yeah. it politely, so, but true. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be gentle, um, not my usual, but yeah. So there'll be home spaces, there'll be workspaces, there'll be sex spaces, there'll be friend spaces, where you're actually um, moving in a, in a reality that's not bricks and mortar, I might say, to say it simply. Mm. So um, that's that's where it's going. It's very exciting. I mean, I have to um, share this example with you. So when I used to travel across the globe to do public speaking, I was in Amsterdam and I met ex-CEO of um, Vodacom, and he was from Turkey. And he shared with me, he's a professor in Ankara, where they have all the bombs and everything going off. They actually, what they did was during the war is the students couldn't come to school, to his classroom. So they used even virtual reality for the students to come and join. And they all immersed themselves into this world. But this was in a war zone. They were using this to try and focus on their studies. I mean, the, the opportunities are endless. You and I can play chess one of these days together. I must just yeah. work on my avatar. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> I would probably have to work on the, what, what did you call it? The box, Botoxian. Look, no, um, you I don't need anything. <laughs> You're the smartest, prettiest, perkiest, uh, future thinking superstar i don't think you've hit near where you're going to be and you know i think that about you carmen oh right thank you thank you you're so the much. best you are the best <laughs> you're the best and where's your funny partner today oh john. mr john flismas so john flismas is busy on a lot of new adventures he is even considering now to study his doctorate um, uh, he is just finished his MBA submission, so he's very, very busy with that. And I'm trying to go into a new direction of of doing what he's passionate about, which is which is teaching. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for him. And you know what the metaverse for him? I'm just thinking because he has a production company doing virtual events. Now, can you right. think about these events, like the 3% conference, like I would have loved to have been able to go to Chicago to the 3% conference or to Cannes Lions Festival. It was one of my biggest or, dreams. Yeah. And, you know, they had a uh, a conference here for, uh, you know, NFTs. 
that was like the hit parade of conference. It wasn't a conference, it was a big cocktail party where everybody, we can talk about NFTs because everything's going to be an NFT. What is um, NFT? Maybe if you can just elaborate. Non, non-fungible token. Okay. So think about a little shell that lives on the blockchain. And in the shell, let's say I put in the first time I came up with a trend, the first time I, th- I, I, I talked about cocooning. Now, then you go to Christie's or somewhere and you auction it off. What is that worth? Mm. And people bid on it. And then that person owns a piece of original something. It can be a song. It can be, as a matter of fact, Karin and I are talking about, Karin Soy and I'm talking about, you know, putting our whole album maybe in, a, in an NFT instead of launching it the, the usual way. So yeah. Beeple, who's the artist here, sold something in an NFT for $6 million. Krista Kim sold a house that she built on the, you know, also, but that wasn't an NFT, but she built on the metaverse for 510000 It's not bricks and mortar. It lives on the blo- on the blo- in the metaverse. So, um, yeah, so that's NFT is the biggest either scam, like the bulbs in Holland, if you remember, people are paying millions of dollars for, for tulip bulbs, or... It is the most underpriced piece of technological real estate that you should invest in. It's not going to be in the middle. I'm definitely taking that advice (laughs) today. I'm taking that advice today because um, Bitcoin is one of those examples. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Do you I have sold, any Bitcoin, darling? I sold it too soon. I I had Bitcoin and I built my business on Bitcoin, and everybody thought it was crazy. And I was like, Bitcoin is the thing. But there's a lot of scams that's involved within the ecosystem. But when you invest in Bitcoin, that's where the money is at. And um, I mean, cryptocurrency is is the future. Um, and you have to diversify your, I suppose, uh, diversify your, your, investments. your investments. You taught me well, that. Well, I hope, I, you know, Bitcoin, I mean, first of all, Bitcoin, it's not just Bitcoin, like it's Polkadot, Ethereum, yeah. all these. I have a new formula that I'll share with you and your audience. The way to figure out the future these days is the whatever you're looking at, think, what's the alternative? Because we hate everything that is and we want everything that's going to be. So money... And investments, Bitcoin, real estate, metaverse, drinking, uh, marijuana, all the hallucinogenics, that's the alternative. Um, you know, whatever it is. And, and what Elon is doing, Musk, is he's doing something that people will be doing if the metaverse is not enough for them. Uh, the very rich, I think, are going to do planet jumping. And planet jumping is not doing it in the metaverse, not doing it in, with avatars, you know, in virtual reality, is really doing it. And that's what he's, I think, doing. So there are a couple of things going on. There's the metaverse, there's Elon Musk planet jumping, and Jeff Bezos is playing too. You know, the boys are competing, they're building rockets that look exactly like penises. <laughs> you know, whatever. And then <laughs> the other thing that they're they're doing is trying to get into your mind, like uh, uh, Elon Musk with Neuralink. He says he's going into your brain to fix your spine or mental health or this and that. But I actually think he's trying to read your mind because if you can read somebody's mind, you can figure out what they really want 
and sell mm-hmm. it to them. And that's always been the challenge of marketing, right? But suppose exactly. I can get into your neurosystem and Ex- see what you want, what you need, what you'll respond to. There's a part of the brain that, you know how we know over-empathetic people, some people, I'm not one of them, you tell them a story <laughs> and they cry, you know? Like, Karen is like an over-empathetic person. She's an person. empath. She's a, a proper empath. A hundred percent, right. But they found there's a part of the brain that's larger in those people. Yay! <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> it's not, a, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. It's also very interesting, um, you know, that you, you're bringing this up because a few years ago, I was reading a book. I can't remember what the book was called. And they were talking about optical technology that's been developed, um, which is probably already being used in, in Oculus. But what they did, they did thousands and thousands of eyeballs and they studied them and they looked at diluted pupils. And when you bored, how your eyes look and your eyes are the windows into your soul, as they say. Right. And yeah. what happened was they started picking up when a person, for example, turn their eyes left, that means they bored or when they do a blank stare and, and the pupils dilute or, or when whatever. they look up into their brain. They are actually knowing when to remove an ad and it goes into the algorithm. This type of ah. ads is not what you're supposed to serve. What content bores you what excites you and this is how marketing is going to be so challenging and so expensive i don't think people even have an understanding of what's to come well as usual (laughs) you have the other thing is that big big companies are constructed to reject the future and that's because they're not rewarded for leveraging the future you know, chairman and going like, I'll be out of here in five years. People go, am I going to get a promotion by being right in something that we won't know for about 15 years? No. Yeah. So that's why they, they, don't, they don't look into it. But I mean, Gartner hype cycle, I mean, Gartner hype cycle in the MarTech landscape, if you just look at that and, you know, it helps you to to kind of have an understanding of what technology, the trajectory, where things are going to go. And I almost feel that businesses, you know, this monolithic powers on old fashioned business models, not willing to accept the future, even the fact that now I don't know what your views are on this, but if we look at how toxic the work environments have become since we've gone hybrid or even um, virtual for for that matter it's almost like if you're not if the if you're not responding to this email right now then this person think you're not working and this micromanaging i don't know it's just too much some days well, when I look yes at it. you know what happened was we let the animals out of the zoo during covid so we said you know you can work from home you don't have to come in well, then everybody realized life is much nicer when I don't have to come in. You know, I hate having my coworkers and it's a big trip taking like little, you know, taking blood drops out of my future, you know, like going in mm. an hour and a half or, and I can, for women, I can, you know, keep a eye on the kids. I can multitask and uh, they, they're not coming back. And as far as having to answer an email quickly, you know, my company, we've always said, you have to answer within eight seconds. So you have to watch. You know, you need to, like, be responsive as an enterprise. But soon technology will pick out the ones you really have to answer. They'll read it for you. They'll, they'll 
they'll rate it for you, mm. rate, R-A-T-E it for you. That's important to your future. That's not. Oh, the kid's, you know, nursery called, you know, or emailed back to that. Or, you know, you haven't had a mammogram in 10 years. I think you better get on it or, you know, something like that. <laughs> so that's going to be taken. You already over. read my future. I already am gone. <laughs> All right, Carmen. You shouldn't have told me that. I'm on okay. your case now. <laughs> okay. You have to go. <laughs> no, no. I know. I know. I will attend that matter. I promise you, I'll send you a picture. Do you want a picture? Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> I'll frame it. We'll metaverse it. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Just the visuals of that is something horrifying. <laughs> really? <laughs> For me, I'm just like, oh, my God. But on, on another note is something I really want to ask you, um, Faithy, is how is the metaverse? I need, I'm, I'm just looking into the future now. Um, I know that you always say pay attention to the present as well and, you know, to help understand where, you know, the future is going. And I always use that thinking and I'm going, we we have in developed worlds, we don't have a lot of people on social media. We still have people on 2G and 3G. They don't, and, and we already talking 5G on a global scale. Then we have digital literacy issues. So um, only a 60% adoption of digital adoption. So what we've noticed during COVID was how divisive technology can actually be because the Haves moment- Haves and have on speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was just horrifying. Like they we didn't know how are they going to to have children go to school for, in the townships. They don't even have infrastructure in there to actually go to a virtual class. Those kind of yeah. things. So how is this going to impact them in the future and to be sociable and to engage in a work environment? Okay, I'll take it like one after that is that we will be awarded with, if we have money, with chips. Those chips will uh, boost our brains and our thinking and our abilities. That's going to be even more of a separation. You're talking about, you know, being on like the internet. It's going to be like, did you get, were you chipped? And what I believe is, and I, I start to write about this, there'll be some, there'll be some small group that'll be, I call them scholar chipped, you know, instead of scholarships, scholar chipped. Mm-hmm. Like because that. those will be, you know, will donate a certain amount of chips to people that can't, you know, afford them and seem to have some natural abilities. But it's definitely going to pull apart. Mm. Um, Fav, just on a, a, another side note, um, we were talking about women and, and working in the hybrid environment and working from home. There's a lot of conversations around the she session um, happening right now, especially um, the workforce losing um, woman, you predict that we are going to be far more fluid. So, we, I mean, I have a, a friend, he and his partner, they just had their own twins biologically crafted so that they have a boy and a girl and they wanted to have twins and they went through the whole surrogate mother, the whole technology process to have their twins, which they had a few months ago. And this is, the she session might be true, but I mean, is it what about families of of this different sexual orientation? How is this going to impact their futures? Well, you know, I mean, technology is getting there. We have some people in our talent bank developing a way that you can take a skin scraping of even two friends, like you and I, let's say, skin scraping could grow an embryo. 
So I think that it's wonderful that they technologically figured out, and I'd love to know more about how they did that, a boy and a girl, when they really should have adopted, by the way, Carmen. I aren't there, knew aren't there you were going people? to say that. <laughs> aren't there, now they have to adopt two to make up for this. Um, you I know, told them. They, Really? Gee, so narcissistic. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to have all kinds of ways of having children that are technological. It's Nobody's going to want to be pregnant anymore. It's going to be looked at as kind of some, like, primitive, primal, ancient way of reproducing. And I think that we're definitely headed there. Very interesting future indeed that awaits us. And um, I must say on the one side, I'm always excited. I'm always excited to experiment. By the way, I need to to tell you something. Um, So we just had our municipal elections and I experimented with it and very excited that um, I worked out a model. Can you believe it? I worked out a model. And with this monitoring the entire election six weeks beforehand to 80%, right? It's not 100%, but it was my first big attempt because it's very complicated elections. So with all your mentorship, I have managed to get somewhere. No, don't give other people credit for what you did. You're a brilliant math brain, and it's great that you worked out the model, but I'll tell you what's probably you didn't do, um, that's what godmothers are for, <laughs> is you didn't put any mo- you didn't put any money on your bet. No, I, I, f- I had to test it, and I was petrified. No, you should have just put some Bitcoin on those bets. <laughs> well, now I know, um, but it was, yeah. I mean, it was so fascinating to monitor, look at sentiment analysis. I mean, if we look at this optical technology in the Oculus, that is going to be sentiment analysis on steroids. And and what sentiment analysis tells you about a person is beyond what people can imagine. But I've also noticed that AI, with a country like ours, that we use 12 different languages. So a word that's actually negative is considered neutral by the AI. So the machine learning aspects of technology still needs to advance in the different vernaculars, but I think the potential is unbelievable. Yeah, we're just going to have one language because we're going to have automatic translators in our brain. So while you may be speaking your language, I'm hearing the language I understand. Wow. But look, you can do that on the internet, right? You get a translator. It's not that good, but it's okay. But it's just going to be in your brain. Everything that you're putting your fingers on, and and I know Mark Zuckerberg believes this too, you'll just have to indicate like it, it, and it'll type, but not on a screen. Did you have you ever watched Ninety Days? The the couples that get together from different countries to go over to America. I think it's uh, Ninety Days Wedding. I'm just going to call it that. So okay. there's this. The, everybody's going moggy for it um, here in South Africa. Britbox is also taking off quite significantly, where people are watching shows and then comments have commentary about it. Those shows are more, more popular than the actual show. And the one of the things that was very um, interesting is this ninety day wedding. So they meet some somebody in Morocco or somebody in India, and then they have to come to America, go through the system and live together for 90 days and then get married within 90 days. And then you see these couples come together and how they fall, fell in love online. 
And now they meet each other and they speak completely different languages. And then it's com like it's using the translator all the time, trying to understand each other. And I am fascinated how people can emotionally invest themselves like that all day long. You mean invest themselves meeting the person they met on Zoom? Like, like having a conversation all the time where you have to ask your question into your mobile it's phone. It's yeah. It's, I mean, it just yeah, doesn't make sense. I mean, there's, maybe they have, they're good at the great universal language yeah. of sex. And that's holding them together for the moment while they're translating. <laughs> maybe they'll learn each other's life. But soon they won't have to because they'll have automatic translators. But I thought you were going to say something else. Do you know who somebody is really on Zoom? And then you meet them in person and they could be better or they could be like, what? Yeah. You know, are any of them not going to get married? I wonder. Yeah, because I mean, many of, many of them don't work out. Um, and I have seen examples where these women use all of these apps, Facetune, whatever, to always look amazing. And then in real oh, life, yeah. and then they come there and they, they're actually like 30 years older than what they said they were. Coleman, by the way, did that one on me. Really? <laughs> he never he gave do? me his age, how old he was, until we were like dating and we were together for quite some time. And I was like, you fooled me. But anyway... But these things are true. And I think like when you, when you meet um, many, many people sometimes in real life, for me, body language is very important. I feel energy. I'm very, I'm like Karen Zoit. I also, I'm an empath. For me, it's very important. If I don't, I'm a feeler. If I don't have that around me, it makes me awkward. And it's almost like the screen makes it hard sometimes for us to read people because that's our yeah. way of sensing our sensorial experience of how we experience people uh it's difficult yeah i think the metaverse is going to get us over some of that mm. i mean they haven't developed smell yet but dual identity you know where people will really be able to come on and really you know bond with you and um You'll be able to feel them more and meet their families through holographic technology. And this interface, a low, what they call a low friction interface, where you don't get the pixelation and you really, mm. you know, believe that you're there. It's called codec. See, not codec. Codec should have done this. <laughs> yes. But codec, C-O-D-E-C, avatars create a deep feeling of presence. So um, they're working on so many things now. I'll, I'll give you a little list I have here. So they're looking for breakthroughs. Display is one, audio, input, avatars, perceptual science, artificial intel intelligence, haptics, hand tracking, mixed reality, eye tracking, graphics, computer vision, perceptual science, and more. And they have to have breakthroughs in all of those just to make you feel like you're really in the same room, same space. And they're obviously not there yet. Yeah, but it was going to be marvelous. It's going to be utopia for us, I think, when when, it, when that comes to fruition. I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on Magic Leap. You know, they have, I think they had investment of over a billion dollars before they even could show people what they're actually up to. Um, yeah. The technology is not even finalized and developed yet. So these kind of things is showing that this is definitely the future and where things are going. And it's going to... Where do you think Magic Leap will go? 
I think Magic Leap is going to become a big leader. I do think that they might. Oh, yeah, I'm not a futurist like you. You're putting me on the spot. Yes, you are, Carmen. <laughs> Everybody's a futurist if they just open that third eye. Okay, let me open my third eye. I think you need that a little Microsoft... mascara on that third eye. You need a little mascara. <laughs> yes, I'm going to draw. I'm going to draw. I'm going to draw one. Maybe I should do that just for the fun of it. Come on, let me do that. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I can't even get it right. Okay, I'm trying to open my third eye. There's my third eye. Can you see it? No. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so I think you need a pen tail. A pen tail. Do you have anything else? We're trying to. Okay, so I'm going to open up my third eye. My husband's going to go like, what happened to you? Can you see my third eye? It's hurting. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to open up my third eye and I think Good. Magic Leap and Microsoft, I think there's going to be something there. I've always believed when I, when I, when I, I read up um, about what they're doing, the lenses wearing it, I feel that there might be partnerships, but I also think that there's going to need to be some sort of point where technologies need to start merging because the martech landscape is growing so dramatically fast that it's going to be impossible for people to make decisions on the tech stacks that they need um, in their working environments and i think through collaboration and merging various companies i do think that they together can accomplish a lot more than being ununited and being competitors as such. I feel that being a competitor can sometimes be overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be, yeah, I think, well, I think that's a male thing too, you know, but, um, uh, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was saying that he has to drop that idea and help, you know, younger companies and, and merge with younger companies to develop them faster and be with them. He talked about the home verse, like the home metaverse, where you can invite people over. Mm. And that would be convenient during a pandemic, certainly, where you could invite people over and really feel their presence. That's the thing that we don't have yet that's a little bit hard to, you know, really understand. So, um, also gaming. Oh, You're yeah. going to be able to game with, you know, people across the planet. You'll see them. They'll be, you know, on the other side of the world, but you'll feel like you're in a shared physical space, you know? And then also you'll be able to teleport to other places. I don't know if you saw this terrible movie yet. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> called The Eternals. I mean, I went to look at Angelina Jolie, who also is looking like an avatar. What is this? <laughs> you know, they think of it. Yes. Yes, she does. So anyway. Look. And her children. She does. Her twins. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. So, woo. Anyway, <laughs> um, she goes back and forth, you know, in the, in the Eternals, they go across time, you know, they do a lot. And I think time travel is a thing that we haven't heard much about lately, right? So I'm, I, I think time travel is going to be the most fascinating thing, being able to go backward and forward. I think that that could be possible. I do think that it would be possible. I mean, I'm an optimist <laughs> and I believe Where everything you, you say. <laughs> Where, Where you would go? I want to go? I would love to go to the Renaissance era. Because that's where all the creativity happened, and that's you know everybody smelled quite a bit there. I'm just letting you know. Quite yeah, but I only go there for for an hour or two because I was actually yeah. telling my husband this fact, and I said to him, "Did did you know people only used to bath once a year 
in the Ew. olden days. And yeah. and the only bar for pro- procreation purposes. So I read that fact and I can't remember exactly where, but it's like I would not want to live in that era, but oh, would love to wear corsets and go to a ball, have a Cinderella evening, come back, yeah. be normal. I wouldn't want to do it in the metaverse though. <laughs> I want to do it in real, real lifetime. But I think for me, one of the in- interesting things that I've learned is during the Black Death, one in three people passed away during that time. And this was the time when people started inheriting a lot of money and they stopped working and they started reading and they started living and being. And that's when the creativity boom, the era of enlightenment happened. And that's where all your Da Vinci's and Gutenberg, all of those people came about during that time so that's why when i go there. i didn't i didn't really put that together yeah thank you for that yeah you know also you know on, on meta you're going to see something developed called cambria which is the expensive upscale deliverables you know you'll see products that only really rich people can afford and mm. etc so he's segmenting already the market high you know high medium and low um, and he, he says that this meta is, you know, deemed or produced for creators and developers so that they can build ecosystems. But if we know Mark wow. Zuckerberg, what happens is sometimes you, you get a creator and a developer, but then he takes the, uh, the, the technology. He's exactly. Known to do like, that. He did that with Snapchat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he used it Tell for Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. He was saying that 80 billion effects in his meta are applied per month. And um, they've also put forth a $50 million fund to promote inclusiveness and empower people and and get them to collaborate in the early development stages. Back to that. But when you look at it, he's not doing this. Or many people in the metaverse, like where's the goodness in the metaverse? Most people are developing places and things and games to make money mm. same as here mm. same as here and we have to stay on top of it and live the life that that is, that is ahead of us but you know it's fascinating to watch young young children how they adapt and how you know we're so petrified for them because they're going into this world of technology the age of information and then you're like oh my gosh but for them it's so normal and how they think about things like generation z if i've done my job for today and the list that you've given me i'm going home now bye-bye now that's how they operate. And, um, and they don't understand why we such workaholics. And I do think that we can learn a lot from the young people. And I sometimes wish that it could be the other way around. But I mean, I'm reading articles now, I think this morning about people that's 35, 36 are petrified about the generation Z's and them coming into the workforce because they are so smart and they they have the abilities to do anything and they're going to change the future for us significantly. Yeah, but can you imagine when they're enhanced? Exactly. And we're not. <laughs> I mean, and we're not. And they're already enhanced and we're not because they, they can manipulate the metaverse, you know, more easily or the, you know, the internet more easily. 
But when they're enhanced through chips, upbrained, so to speak, yeah. And they feel us. Yes. They don't question things well, the way we do. But also, you know, I don't. What I notice is they're not trying to get a bigger house. Mm. They're not driven. I'm not talking about the MBAs at Harvard, but they're not driven in the same way yeah. we are. You know, we were. They're driven by something else. They've seen their parents give up their lives to work and and an accumulation of wealth, and they have decided they don't want to do that. It's fascinating. Yeah. But don't forget, you can always drink your way out of this car. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to order some one from Karen's voice. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, like, I, I always love listening to you. And, and you know, you're, you, you've been talking about the metaverse for years now. You've been really yes. going on about it. You've got your own avatar. I saw your avatar. Very sexy. Yeah. I'm telling you, are you going to share well, it with us? I have to us? work on her a little bit. <laughs> I think she looks too nice. She needs a little evil in there. No. No. <laughs> no. You're a fairy godmother. Okay. Oh, I forgot. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and you adopt children. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, um, from my side, I just want to say it was absolutely, oh, you know, I can spend hours with you. And it was so amazing to, to take this topic and unpack it a bit because the possibilities are endless, but we need to start somewhere to have an understanding so that we know where to go. So, Faith, I just want to say thank you for today, and I will talk to you very soon. Love you lots. Bye. Bye. Bye, Carmen. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. Please take a moment to rate and share this episode with friends and colleagues who love customer experience and marketing just as much as you do. To connect with Carmen, visit CarmenMurray.com where you will find links to her business services, future fit events, and biz community articles. Carmen Murray is CEO of Ouya Modern Marketing Services that empower businesses to deliver premium customer experiences, B2B, B2C, and B2B2C across all industries. Some of these services include research, CX strategy, persona development and customer journey mapping, CX audits, UX audits, and the connected marketer training in connected customer experiences, mobile, data management, and AI. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.